0: Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your fill-in host, Eric Ferris, and I'm joined by teaching pastor Clayton Keenan and special guest, my daughter Erin, who just recently graduated from high school and is going to study to be a youth pastor. Welcome to the podcast, Erin. celebratory noises. (laughs) I brought my celebratory noises. You did. Today. You did. You got your sound effects. That's good for me. Well, Aaron just recently graduated from high school, so here is a question for us today. From your entire life, you can go all the way back to as far as you can remember. Who has been your favorite teacher and why? Aaron, do you have one?
1: Yeah, probably my high school band teacher, Mr. Puckett, who was also a believer. But I liked him because he was like a teenager who was a teacher. So he did all the fun stuff with us. Like he played tennis in the hallway with a student before band one day, which was kind of epic.
0: So tennis in the hallway.
1: Yeah.
2: That's, that's enough to get on the favorite teacher list.
0: Be, he acted. So if Mr. Puckett was listening to this, would he appreciate you saying that he acted he like a teenager? Like the cool as teenager, teenager
1: a t- teacher. You what know? does that
0: mean? The cool teenager teacher.
1: He, he doesn't seem old.
0: Oh, okay. He didn't, He's fun. He didn't act old. Fun. Fun is the answer. Yeah, he actually likes teenagers. Yes, that's helpful if you're a high school teacher
2: to actually like (laughs) teenagers. I would hope he liked Uh, us. That's kind of key. Yeah. All right, Clayton. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about favorite, but pretty memorable. Uh, I knew her for a long time. Her name was uh, Mrs. Timko. She was my sixth grade English teacher, and the notable things about her is that she loved owls. And so, you know how like teachers over time, like kids get them gifts and the over time they accumulate a bunch of stuff and they set it in their room. So this was like, I had her when she was already pretty old. Like it was the end of her career. So you walked into her room and I, I counted one day, there were over like 200 owl objects in her room, which made it like a, a little creepy, uh, but also gave you plenty to do when you were interested in class. The reason I knew her for the longest and she actually went to my church. So I saw her, like, it's a little weird to like see your English teacher when you go to church, but after a while I was like, no, she's just like really wonderful lady. She was like super, like super supportive. Like after she retired, she was still around and like, you know, and then was just like a delight. Um, Even though I don't know if I would say taking her English class was my favorite thing, but she ended up being someone that I really appreciated and loved uh, as years went on.
0: And it all started with
2: a, in a room full of owls, inexplicable, <laughs> an inexplicable amount. Like it was, it was like, what did I just walk into? Like, is this some sort of like fantasy story? Like, some weird, the beginning of something crazy?
0: All right, that's so what cute. about you? So for me, uh, so I'll, most people know, many people know, not most people, not even many. Some people know. I grew up in the Northeast, New Jersey, little little stint in Connecticut, but for a few years we moved to Tennessee, and in sixth grade. I had a teacher that I thought was so amazing. I loved going to school. The classroom atmosphere was wonderful. His name's Mr. Price. Uh, We moved back to New Jersey. So I grow up, I go to college. I start pastoring at a church in Tennessee. And this man comes up to me one day and says, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm Mr. Price. Oh man! And my mind is completely blown. And- I started connecting the dots. I'm like, oh my goodness. That's why this guy was so kind that there was just a different atmosphere in his classroom. I was like, oh, this is starting to make sense. Now, what got weird was a few weekends later, he comes to church and he has a folder of all of my math projects from the sixth grade year. (laughs) What? So (laughs) either, either he's a hoarder or he keeps everybody's
2: Wow, projects like maybe he has some room somewhere. I don't. I don't if he, know. But if he was like an art teacher and like kept like art from you know, the, you know, like there's something like nice about that. But but math projects have got to all look the same. Like it's all just numbers.
0: Well, it wasn't. Well, it wasn't just like math worksheets. It was projects that he had us do. So they were kind of. Already, there was glitter and glue involved, like every, ele, ele, every elementary school project. So anyway, there, there you have it. Aaron, we're glad that you're on the podcast with us. All right, so I am playing a bit of double duty today, both as fill-in host and comma guy. So let's jump into context. We're going to be in Acts chapter 11 today. Context is the C in the comma method. So let's let's set this all up, put everything in context. We're in the book of Acts. It is the beginning of the Christian church after Jesus ascends to heaven. In Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit comes as Jesus promised. And now we're starting to track along with Jesus's followers as this gospel message is expanding and we're seeing what happens in the lives of people as they are empowered by the Holy Spirit and they're telling people about Jesus and who he is. And so it tracks along uh, with some of the disciples. So uh, you get... You know, you get a little bit of, of Peter in here, and then you get uh, Stephen being martyred. You got a little bit of Philip. Uh, in Acts chapter 9, a guy named Saul, who was persecuting the church, uh, killing Christians, has a conversion experience, and becomes a Christian himself. And then we get to Acts chapter 10, and there's a guy named Cornelius. And he's a Roman, a Roman centurion, military, And it tells us that he's a God-fearer. He has some kind of respect for God. He has a prayer life. And so he's interested in God, but he may not necessarily know who this God is. And Cornelius has a vision. And in the vision, this angel tells Cornelius, send your messengers to go get this guy named Peter, and he will come to your household and explain some things. Now, Acts, so then you have Acts, everything unfolds in Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 11 now, what we're going to read is Peter goes to Cornelius' house, some stuff happens, and now Peter is back with the Jewish followers of Jesus, the disciples, and he has to explain to them what the heck just happened at this non-Jewish household. So, Clayton is going to read Acts chapter 11, verses 1 through 18.
2: The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Starting from the beginning, Peter told the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying and in a trance, I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, "'Send a Joppa for Simon, who's called Peter. He'll bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved.' As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said, "'John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit.' So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God saying, so then even the Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life.
0: So we move on to the O and the comma method, which is observations. What do you see in this text?
1: Personally, I see that... uh the people when Peter came back kind of criticized him for going. So you would never think that you would criticize someone for speaking the word of the Lord. But back then that was kind of a thing since they didn't believe that other people besides Jews could be Christians or believers. So that kind of surprised me that they would still criticize him, even though he had kind of said that he felt like it was a calling to go.
2: Yeah. Especially when you consider that the last thing Jesus said was like, you're going to go and you're going to go everywhere and tell it, you know, like, it's like a little implication that maybe, maybe it would get out of our little little community. But it is—it's really striking that they they cr- criticize him. Um, I uh, was struck by um, how much uh, how much supernatural intervention it took to get Peter to go and to set this whole meeting up, right? Like, so there's a vision, there's an angel that appears in the house. The the Holy Spirit has to say, "No, go do, like literally do this." Some people are sent in a you know, unusual circumstantial way. Like, there's all of these things. Like part of the the barrier, like the criticism or the like hesitance to do this was so big that like God had to like marshal all the different ways that he could like say, no, seriously, Peter, like he had to show him three times this vision. You know, so there's there's a lot uh, that God's doing to say, no, this this is something I really want to happen. I'm gonna make sure you clearly hear that this is my my desire.
0: It's so hard to look back on some of those things and understand how they could have felt that way. The, the Jewish people from the very beginning, if you go all the way back to the promise God made to Abraham, that I'm going to make your family a great family, you're going to become a nation, and I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to the whole world. From the very beginning, the whole idea was that this group of people ends up blessing the whole world. And so you wonder, like, how do you how do you miss that? And so I, I sat there and thought for a while, well, okay, how how would you miss that? How would you ever get to a place where you think it's just us that are the people of God and no one else can be the people of God? But if you think about the Bible and you read all the way through the Old Testament, God wants a people for himself, a people distinct. So it's us and them, us and them, us. We're the people of God. They are not. You be distinct. You be holy. You live different. You You are mine. It's you and everybody else. It's you and everybody else and now they have to break out of that mindset cuz it's who can be the people of God it's not just us it's everyone which would have been completely paradigm shifting
2: yeah when you think about that we just finished first and second kings a few weeks ago you think about the lesson they learned from that like every time they mixed with another group and like married them or you know got, like got too friendly with their culture like that's what led to their compromise so on the other side of them getting exiled and kicked out of their land like they developed a culture that said if we don't protect this then we're like, that's dangerous to us. And then on top of that, you have all of the, like, they're going to talk to a Roman. So like, if you're Jewish in the land of Israel and the Romans have taken over your land, like, not only do you feel like maybe this isn't, this is unclean, you also feel like, I don't really like these guys. Like, these are these are not uh, friends of our people. Um, In spite of the fact that like, Jesus talked to a bunch of centurions and stuff. There's still probably some hesitation of like, "Uh, we, we don't mix with them, you know? Um, here's something else that that I saw, um, I, just the, even that this particular vision here, like uh, this might be a set of details that might be, like they're striking because it's weird, but it, there is a good explanation for this. You can find this in the footnotes of a, a good study Bible, um, but why all the animals? right? So one of the things that Jewish people, like the one of the laws that God gave was you're going to have a certain set of food that's off limits for you. So uh, most people know, you know, uh, uh, Jewish people don't eat pork or shellfish and, and a bunch of other things. And uh, those, those are some of those cultural markers to say, this is one of the things that's going to keep you from mixing with people who might lead you astray. And this is pretty important as kind of like a sign that you were following God's law. And so it's, it's not really about the food in this case. It's like a, a sign of that barrier between the Jews and the Gentiles, but it's like using something Peter would have probably spent his entire life saying, no, I've been really, really careful to avoid these things. And now God is saying, like, like literally do a thing I told you not to do. I could, I could understand why it takes three times to get that message through. Like, you know, if, you're, if you've been told again and again, nope, 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 this is a law from God to have God tell you, break it, uh, that's, that feels weird.
0: I was just reading, reading that, those few verses again while you, were, while you were explaining that. I promised I was paying attention to what you were saying oh, too. Fine, so
2: yeah. uh,
0: when we talk about observations, the, the acronym we use, which is somewhat cheesy, but it's also memorable, which is the point of acronyms, is you're looking for treats. The first T is themes. The second word is, uh, the R is repeating words and phrases. The second T is truths about God and the S is something striking.
2: You didn't even need Nikki and me to do
0: it. That's no, great. No, I just figured out. You, know, you actually know him. <laughs> so good for me. I've done the podcast long enough that I actually know the acronym. You know what just struck me? Something striking. When you say three times, there's another significant event in Peter's life where the oh, Lord had to say something to him three times. That's a good connection. When Peter denied Jesus, do you remember this, Aaron? Just say yes, because then you'll sound like yeah. you know what we're trying. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so Peter denies Jesus. And Jesus afterwards, after his resurrection, sitting down with Peter and asks Peter three times, do you love me? This is the second time in Peter's life that something had to be repeated three times. I don't know if that's intentional here or not, uh, but it definitely jumped out to me.
2: Yeah, for sure. All right. What else do we see in this text? Um, I... I noted the connection that Peter made to the event at Pentecost. So that, that's uh, really important where in verse 15, it says, the Holy Spirit came on them just as he came on us at the beginning. So there is a connection there. So there, it could have really been easy for them to say, hey, the Gentiles are kind of second class. They didn't quite get what we got. They're kind of like you know l- level two Christians or something. Um, but to reenact the events of Pentecost Where Peter was like, I was there. I saw Pentecost and then I saw this thing that happened at Cornelius' house. The spirit came on them. They spoke in tongues. It was like the same thing all over again. And that that would have been really critical for them to say, no, it's real. Like God is welcoming them in fully just like he's welcomed us. Like there is no distinction between our two groups because he did the same thing for them.
1: Yeah, something else that I saw in the beginning of the chapter, they were kind of saying like how they're criticizing him for going and doing that. But then in verse 18, it says, when they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God. So they just like immediately accepted it and was able to just be like, oh yeah, like that's cool, like perfect. Which I definitely wouldn't have expected since they were criticizing him for doing it in the first place. Yeah,
0: how often do people change their minds that quickly? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) very rarely. Okay, well, let's move on to the first M in the comma method, which is message today. We always say that the two M's are interchangeable. You can either do message first and then move on to meditation, or you can do meditation first and move on to message. Today, we're going to do message first. So what message can we draw from this text?
1: Yeah, the one that I thought of was anybody can follow God no matter who they are. Uh, just because we saw like the non-Jews were able to follow him just as the Jews were able to. So even today, like anybody that we would deem unclean um, or not good enough to follow him can still do that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like that's that that theme is so, comes through so loud and clear. I would probably say something similar, like no one is unclean that God has made clean. So that's kind of, I think I just stole that from one of the lines here, but like that idea of, we don't um, we don't look at people like the background that they came from, or um, what they've done in the past, or what uh, what cultural group they're from, and say in some way you are not up to snuff here. Uh, because in reality, like all of us were unclean and have been made clean by Jesus. And so, um, if Jesus says they belong in my family, what I, what what does Peter say? Like, who am I to stand in the way? Who am I to get in get in the way of that? Um, and and that's easy to say. We like that thought, but it's one of those things that is, you know, probably when we get to application, like it's, it's one of those things that's harder to put in practice when you encounter a group of people that you're like, "Oh, I didn't expect them to be here," you know?
0: I'm going to cheat a little bit. My message is in this text in chapter 11 and kind of bleeding in the chapter 10, but it also is other places in the Bible. Here's my here's my message. If you seek the Lord, you will find him. If you don't seek him, you may not find him now you might by his grace he might just intersect your life of his own of his own accord but cornelius is praying at 3 in the afternoon and god sends an angel to give him a vision to tell him to go get peter god is it, the text says in chapter 10 that god was responding to cornelius's prayer life to him you know giving giving money and food to the poor god saw something in cornelius's behavior that made god then act. Peter is praying at noon mm. when he sees the vision. So there was seeking on the part of the people and then God does what God does. And so if you seek the
2: Lord, yeah. you, you will find him. Here's, here's an a, a interesting thing that came to mind as you said that, that, that people might not have known what Cornelius, like Peter obviously didn't know that Cornelius was doing that. It wasn't like he ran across someone who is praying somewhere and was like, Hey, what do you know? Oh, like, I know there, there's some other stories where someone's like reading the Bible. You know, Philip sees a guy reading the Bible and says, Oh, what are you reading? And like starts a conversation. But like, there may be people in your life that are doing something to say, I'm trying to reach out, I'm trying to find God, I'm trying to seek. And you might not even realize it like there's there's that hidden like people have those desires and they don't know what to do you know they're like well i'll search online i'll pick up this bible i had or whatever and um and and it might even be the unexpected person like but that yeah if you're seeking
0: yeah and people and people that are genuinely seeking they just do whatever they can figure out yeah right and so it says in in acts chapter 10 it says he and all his family were devout and god-fearing gave generously to those in need and prayed to god regularly he's a roman him praying at three in the afternoon seems to indicate that he was praying when he saw the Jews praying. So yeah. he's, he's seeing something and he's seeking God and go, well, I guess I'll do that. So this reminds me, when I, when I first came to faith, I was a teenager, 15 years old. I'm the youngest of five kids. And the, the, I started going to a church by myself and got to know the youth pastor. And the youth pastor would come to my house once a week before school and we would do Bible study. And so we were going through the gospel of John because he was trying to disciple me as a a new believer. What I didn't know is that one of my sisters was interested. And so she told me later on, she came to faith because what she would do is she would come down to the kitchen when she knew that me and my youth pastor were in the dining room doing Bible study and she would listen to our conversations because she was interested. Wow, And that for her was a form of seeking the Lord and then she eventually came to faith. So people seek, however they seek. Yeah, right? So so we move on to the second M in the comma method, which is meditation, which is prayerful thinking. And so in the podcast we give 45 seconds. And so here's a question to prayerfully ponder today. Might there be someone in my life that is seeking the Lord that I could help? 45 seconds. Okay, so now we move on to the A in the comma method, which is application. How does this apply to our lives? We don't just want to read the Bible to have Bible knowledge or to know Bible trivia. We want our lives to be transformed. And so we always, we're always we always asking the application question, what do I do with this? So how would you apply this text to your life today?
1: As a teenager who recently graduated and you know lives in the western suburbs of Chicago, uh, the most that I could do is I can share the word with anybody and like not write people off me because like I have beef with them or like maybe just don't like them as much as some other people, but I can still go about sharing it with them in hopes that they latch onto it and become a believer of themselves.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I was thinking about the step right before that sharing part for my application that um, especially after hearing Eric say like people are seeking, right? Um, almost to to do the do the, the work that Peter's doing of saying, "Is there someone? well, I don't know that Peter's asking this, but like we can take the posture of saying, God, is there someone that you want me to approach or ask a question about like there might even be people around that you don't realize are hungry, uh, and Jesus is like, no, I got like go like they're they're ready whether you see it or not um, There are actually particular people coming to mind where I'm like, you know what? I actually see some glimmers of things i should I should get up the courage to say." tell me about that, you know, that sort of thing. But also um, I've been uh, recently reading this book. um, It's by uh, Pete Grieg. It's called um, How to Hear God. Like it's like a, like a super, like it's, it's fantastic. Like it's a great refresher on like the ways that God communicates with us. And he tells all of these stories where people are like prompted to go have a conversation with someone and like ask a question that seems kind of random or open up a topic or say something. And it's like, it's amazing how many times God has already prepared something so incredible? Um, and I, I often say in my own thoughts, I'm like, that was probably just a random thought, right? Like, and to actually embrace those things and say, you know what, God may have something for me here. It might be a Peter kind of situation, and this could be Cornelius. If you want to hear from God, you have to listen or try to
0: listen. I can't tell you how many times I have conversations with people and they will ask me, How do you hear the voice of the Lord? How do you hear God speaking? How do you learn how to do that? And if I ask the question, well, what do you do right now in your life? What effort are you making to listen to the Lord? And the answer is normally, well, nothing. Well, that's not how it works. Like even in a conversation, there's talking and there's listening. Uh, And so my application is back to my message, which is if you seek the Lord, you will find him if you seek with all your heart or verses like, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. There is an effort on our part. There is an earnest effort that we put in and the Lord does speak. He speaks primarily through his word. The King has already spoken definitively. We have the Bible, which is why we do the Bible Savvy Podcast. But on top of that, the Holy Spirit gives you promptings. There are such things as seeing visions or dreaming dreams or God tapping you on the shoulder and say, go ask that person this question. That is a normal part of the Christian life. And I think that you learn, you learn how to hear the voice of the Lord in the quietness of your own prayer life. I don't think any of us will ever, ever learn how to hear the voice of the Lord in the, in the chaotic, loud busyness of our day if we never learn how to hear the voice of the Lord in the quietness of a prayer and Bible study time. And so that's where it all starts. And so my application today is to earnest, to continually, to continue to earnestly seek the Lord. Because even pastors, you ready everybody? Even pastors, every once in a while we look up our shoulder and go, oh my gosh, my, my prayer life or my Bible study life, it's, it's been a few days or I've gotten out of rhythm. So to just keep at that, that's not the flashy part of Christianity. But it's the substance of Christianity is seeking the Lord. Uh, And if you seek him, you will find him. Okay, so before we wrap things up, first of all, Aaron, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Second, I don't want to lose the opportunity here with a teenager on the podcast. Right now, I'm totally putting you on the spot. Aaron does not know I was about to ask (laughs) this question or get her thought on this. So this is going, whatever she says is just coming fresh out of the oven what would you say to any teenager that might possibly be listening to this podcast about seeking the Lord?
1: I think something that's really good about seeking him for ourselves is like reading the Bible and going to church every weekend and going to all the youth events. I know at camp they do um, tag time, which is time alone with God. So you have like 30 minutes in the morning and that's They give you a like prompted Bible study and you go by yourself to a spot on camp and you read and you like process your thoughts and go through that. But I think something else for seeking is also like helping others seek him. Cause I know at school, there's a lot of people who are Christians and they want to know him, but they don't know him fully. And so putting yourself out there like at school or just in public is also a really big way of seeking him because he can speak to you more through you to others.
0: Wow, that's pretty good. I remember tag time. I spent a lot of a lot of years up at Silver Birch Ranch and I I always was frustrated by the redundancy of tag time. Time, time, time along, along with, with god, god time. time. Yep. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> I'm really proud of the fact that you and I just said that in unison. The apple has not fallen far from the tree. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Join us again next Monday for a new episode. We'll be looking at another passage from the Bible Savvy reading schedule. And in the meantime, if you're not following along with the reading plan, check out biblesavvy.com to download it and to start reading along. Also, you can subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Email us your questions or suggestions at podcast at biblesavvy.com. Lastly, tell your friends and we'll talk to you soon.